Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm Tina Winchester and today I'm joined by James Hill. He is the Mental Health Advocate for Energy Queensland. And for those people that don't know about Energy Queensland, it's the parent company of Ergon and Energex. So welcome, James. Hey, good morning. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no, you're all right. It's, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool to be here. It's a pleasure. Now that Pommy accent, where are you, whereabouts in the UK are you from? A place called Worcester. Oh, Worcester. Okay. And how long have you been here for? 13 years now. So, yep. Uh, enjoy it. Really don't never want to go back. So, Have you been back? Um, briefly once. I went back a few years ago and I'm planning to go to the end of this year, but there's nothing that draws me back. No. Obviously, miss family. Yeah. But um, I love living here. So, do I, I've been 11 years. I haven't been back once. Okay. Not yeah, once. Sweet. No, absolutely. I don't miss a thing. No. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. We're both here to stay. So, James, your role as a mental health advocate at Energy Queensland, can you tell us a little bit, first of all, about the role? Yeah, so it's a pretty unique role. Um, I don't think there's too many organisations that I know of or I'm aware of in the world that have got a dedicated uh, mental health advocate in the, in the workplace. So we're pretty much our first point of call. So we're not like the A-team where we come in and people ring us with their mental health problems and we fix it and, and fly off to the next one. But we're just a, an internal first response um, person that you can go and talk to. So we provide education and information um, around mental illness and some challenges and how to actually look for signs and symptoms and interventions. And um, yeah, we're just that first port of call, like a conduit to connect people to the appropriate help. Excellent. And you're consistent because you're always there. It's you and one other, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I work with uh, another awesome guy called Aaron McCann. So um, yeah, two, two mental health advocates for the, um, for the business. And I know from just our brief chat before we started the podcast that it's not you and, and, and Aaron just in an office. You, you get out and about. Tell us about that. Yeah. So look, I, I, yeah, look, I get a bit, um, a bit itchy if I'm sat behind a desk for too long. So look, I come from a trade background, so, you know, I'm always being out and about. But, um, yeah, that's where we do our best business is feet on the ground. You know, we like to get everywhere, catch up with as many teams, individuals, people as we can, just having conversations. We're not there with any, you know, uh, background story that we're going to come in with and try and influence people with stuff. We just want to come and have genuine chats, create some awareness of what we do in the business, and we're just a resource to be used how did the role come about? How, well, actually, let me start with this question first. Um, how long have you been in the role for? Um, so the actual role we started in, uh, what year are we now? <laughs> 2019. So the end of 2017. So we, we kicked it off in the October. Yeah. So we're just over a, a year and four or five months yeah, now. Yeah, good. So it's well established and it's a permanent role Mm -hmm. on the payroll yep. permanent position yep. which is unusual i mean it is unique isn't yeah it? exactly i mean you know when you sort of hear of when businesses want to try something to see if it works because it's a big gamble mm. um you know i'll oh, have a little secondment position for three or four months yep. and, and right from the get-go myself and aaron have, have sort of said well you can't do that with with mental health 
or even any kind of health and well-being, you can't do that because what happens in six months' time mm. when somebody presents with an issue and they don't know where to go, we, we just go, oh, sorry, you missed that. That yeah, was last that's year. It. That, yeah, that initiative's <laughs> been and gone now. And, and, you know, businesses do do that, and yeah. that, understandably so. You know, they need to be wise with where they invest their money, but I think this is, you know, without sounding too rude, but a no-brainer. Yeah, you know, is. This is where you need to invest. Fantastic. So tell me how the role came about. Um, so look, I was pretty naive, um, around mental illness, I suppose in my life. So I'd never really had too much exposure to it. I never needed to understand it. I was brought up very old school as a tradesperson. So I left school at 15 years old, uh, when got a, uh, an apprenticeship. What trade was it? Uh, well, I actually started as a mechanic for a, a short period of time. Yeah. Um, but then I, I went to electrician because that's where the money was well yeah (laughs) i don't know about that but (laughs) that's what they tell you but now that was what interested me so then yeah into um electricity but i was brought up with a lot of old school traders you know it's rough tough sort Mm. of guys and you don't talk about emotions and that sort of stuff so that was probably my biggest undoing because i didn't know too much about it so then you know sort of back onto your question but how i got into the role was because i went through my own significant challenges with mental illness and um, from that, I think it was my naivety and, and uneducated background with mental illness that pushed me to the point that I did. And I didn't want to see anybody else go through that. So that sort of lit a fire under my backside, let's say, to want to make a difference um, in the world. You yeah. know? So where can I start? Well, I can start with my workplace. So do you reflect back and think, if, I, if I'd known then what I know now in terms of the education and awareness that you have around mental health problems and how we can slip, you know, and decline really quite quickly, um, that things would have been significantly different for you? I would say yes, you know, and I know who knows when you're looking in hindsight, but I would say yes, because I would have probably put my hand up a lot sooner and wouldn't have had that male ego, you know, it's it's weak and all this sort of stuff that goes with it you know that was probably my biggest prevention for getting help so your past experience um got you on to kind of championing the cause in the workplace so can you remember when you first started talking about the need for um this kind of role at at, in your workplace and whether it fell on deaf ears or not yeah look they were certainly receptive to listening to what I, i was saying so um look from returning, I was off work for a, a period of time because of my uh, mental illness. I returned to work over a, a gradual period of time, but I sort of looked at how mental health was sort of dealt with um, in comparison. I was comparing it to physical health, mm. a very good rehabilitation process. I just saw a few gaps, and I'm, I'm certainly not... Um, you know, downplaying any of it. We did a lot of things very well in the business, but I just could see a gap where we could probably fill that differently. Um, So that was what sort of spurred me to try and fill that gap. Yeah. Okay. And what was the gap? What what was it? It was more that on the ground stuff that we do now. So it's just actually getting out and about having those conversations, prioritizing, um, listening to people and and getting, where can we get the help? What can Mm. we do? And providing that education throughout the workplace, so giving everybody a general level of, of education um, to understand signs, symptoms, and some effective interventions. 
Fantastic. And so um, you approached your senior executives, I would imagine, or, or something like that to say, you know, I'm noticing that there is a gap here and, um, and I'd really like to, to do some more work around this. What, what happened from there? Um, so the, are you talking the executives we've got now? Well, or? just when you started, your, yeah, because so this is it, this is y- something that yeah, you've, this, you've created this, this yeah. is not, you know, you've created this with the, with the, um, with the support of, of a fantastic company, um, no doubt about it, but you, you created this. So your story is important for other people to see that maybe they're in their own workplaces. If somebody wanted to come forward and do something similar. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it was definitely not just me, it was myself and, and Aaron McCann. Yeah. Um, so we were both sort of fighting the set, but we didn't know each other yeah. back at the time um, a few years ago, uh, so four or five years ago, but we were fighting a very similar fight. So, yeah, we were talking to our senior leaders saying, look, we need to do some more. Uh, whether, the, look, the funding probably wasn't there at yeah. the time. We had conflicting different things where money needed to be spent so you know we needed to spend money wisely so Aaron was sort of fighting his fight exactly the same path as me separately but we were just sort of going along with okay we need to make a difference we're doing it the best we can with the funding we've got with the resources we've got um I was still pretty disappointed Mm. but um and I almost walked away several times because it was a very hard fight to fight Mm. And as I say, you can't blame the business because we need to look at where we spend money. But um, yeah, that went on for for quite a while. It wasn't really getting too far. It wasn't until we went from Energex to Energy Queensland. Um, We had some new leaders through the business and we'd been affected seriously by the loss of some employees uh, through suicide, which Mm -hmm. we really needed to deal with. That was probably one of the key things that they they looked at. We need to we need to do something differently. Yeah. yeah. So it's and and so that was a, the the biggest wake up call that I guess could happen. Really. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. In yeah the workplace. It's, it's terrible. Um, you know, and it, it, it's happening worldwide. It's a yeah. problem we need to address on a global scale. But we need to go. Well, what what's our part in this? Yeah. What where can we play a part? And um, as a workplace, we can do as much as we can. So that was where we we first started as a business center. A, a mental health project team was put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so who was involved um, in that project team? Um, yeah, so we had different representatives from throughout the business. So people from our health and well-being team, um, union representation, um, and executive um, sponsorship, and also individuals with a, a vested interest in, in mental health. Mm. So that's where myself and Aaron kind of kicked and fought our way to a seat at the table um, and that was probably the start of it then once we could actually sit down so we had presentations from a few organizations mates in construction mm-hmm. being one because they run a, a fantastic suicide awareness program um, so they came in and, and showed us what they could do and that started the the conversations then with what we can do with those guys and is that where mates in energy was kind of born it was yeah so we um as a as a project team got together and said look this is fantastic what they're doing they've got some good evidence behind what they're doing that it works and negotiations started between the business and mates in construction and off the back of that mates in energy was born so energy queensland 
were that committed to it, mm. we offered to be the first investor in a pilot program for our organization to run this whole project through Mates and Energy as a pilot in Energy Queensland and then look for other investment from other organizations then to, to go into it and run it through their places. And so um, Mates in Energy, is it run in a similar way to Mates in Construction where you have connectors on sites and those kinds of things, yeah? It's, it's the exact same yeah. framework, but there's just a few things that are tailored towards the energy industry. Yeah. But the program is the Living Works program, which yeah. is world's best practice yeah. in suicide prevention. And why reinvent something that doesn't need to be reinvented it makes in construction work absolutely yeah. you know so they've got the track record they've yeah. got the evidence behind them so let's let's see where we can build on that now um so it's the exact same you go through the general awareness sessions and then we have connectors and the assist which is the applied suicide intervention skills training yeah and we have that throughout our business which builds the safe framework in the business then and um Mental health first aid. So you're a mental health first aid instructor. Did did you become an instructor in when you began your role as a mental health advocate, or were you already an instructor? Yeah. So once I began my role, I, I really I could see the benefit that mental health first aid provides because you know we've got a very comprehensive suicide awareness and prevention program. We need to understand a little bit more about mental illness. So I was very passionate about trying to spread that that education so i actually went and got accredited as an instructor so now i can actually run courses for the business internally um so it's just a resource that we've mm. got then internally to actually do that and then if anybody's got follow-up questions they can talk to me straight away yeah. so how many staff do you think you've trained so far just in your in your business in mental health first aid oh i'm very we're just running that on a small scale at the moment yeah. because our, our priority is the mates training so i think i'm up to probably 45 people That's at the moment brilliant. so I'm, yeah, I'm still young in it yeah. so um but you know we, that's it will be a priority once yeah. we've, we can't throw everything at everybody at once yeah for sure and so those people that come forward to do your mental health first aid training is it voluntary do they say oh, i want to do this or absolutely yeah. yeah there's no way in the world i would this would work if it was mandatory yeah you get people coming in who are not you know they may not want to and it's not for everybody no exactly so you need to want to you know be on that course so for me yes i i do make sure i get the right people to do yeah. that and people who are going who are going to want to make a difference what are your plans you and aaron and the rest of the um you know those people that are supporting you in your workplace moving forward yeah so look we're we're currently working on a strategy together with our, our wellness team, um, looking at, okay, well, what do we do for the future? Because, you know, we need to continue this momentum. We want myself and Aaron have a, had a, an aim and a goal that we want to be world leaders in how we look after our staff. I aim very high because I believe in it. Um, so yeah, we're working on our strategy at the moment. So yes, the, the core thing at the moment we're, we're rolling out is the mates training. Mm -hmm. We'll surround that with the uh, mental health first aid. So we're providing a deep level of education. And then we, we really want to focus on trying to um, build in some, for want of a better word, I say resilience, but more well-being stuff yeah. you know, for, for overall well-being. Um, but I think the priority is understanding um, when a 
mental health problem may be developing mm. the signs and symptoms so we can get that early intervention and then tap into those sort of resilient things then yeah and um, what else in the well-being space um are you looking to promote um oh look we've got a lot a lot of initiatives so i well I, I can't comment on all of them because i'm I'm focused just on mental health yeah. so yeah that's probably as far as I can go with that. Story. Yeah, no, that's it's just me being curious. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, we, yeah, we've got a whole health and wellness team who are working on doing some really good mm. work on a variety of different things. But you know, my head is is pretty deep in in what course, I do. So, yeah. do you feel that that um, Energy Queensland has put mental health on a par with physical health? That's our, our aim. Yeah, and we're playing catch up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, but definitely you know you you come to work you go home as a whole person mm. you don't come as a here's my physical person here's my mental per- person we come as a whole person so we need to keep it on a par and if you're affected physically inevitably it's going to affect your mental health mm. so we need to as as a human being mm. understand that we come as one whole being yeah absolutely right absolutely right those people that might be listening to this that are thinking you know, I, I've been trying to do something like this in my workplace um, and I keep getting knocked back. It's not that my that my organization doesn't care. It's just that they think there's nothing in it for them and that there is just isn't any money. What kind of hope can you offer to those people that are really wanting to pursue this in their workplace um, in terms of being able to negotiate the opportunity to, to put mental health top of the list? Yeah, look, it, it's that passion. I mean, you you can't just do it. You can't do it without a passion. You need to be passionate about it. And then with that passion comes making the change. So it's looking at there's a whole bunch of free stuff out there, but it's a, a lot of workplaces don't realize what's out there. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Beyond Blue, I've got a very comprehensive um, workplace uh, program which is on there online. You can go on and and look into where it's going to save you money, what you can do. So I think for me, it's looking at how you actually tap into free stuff. Everybody likes free stuff, businesses particular, you know, so myself, I'm a speaker for Beyond Blue. So that's cool. I do that externally, but there's an internal resource now that the workplace have got that they can tap into. And I'm happy to do that, you know, so that's, I think the, the key is if you're really passionate about it is look at what's out there, what's free and start with that. And then you start to get a bit of momentum and that's when you can swing the bat a bit harder. I like it. That's a good answer. That's really good. So we know that the construction industry um, has far greater incidences of suicide, for example, um, than any other instances, any other industries. So I think the construction industry, the stats are that there's a suicide every second day in Australia. What message... Um, James, do you want to give to people whatever industry that they're in in terms of the importance of reaching out and what courage it takes to reach out? What what message is it that you'd like to put across around that? Oh, look, it's just get rid of that stigma for me. And that was what affected me. And, and as I said, was probably my biggest undoing. It's There's no shame. There's no weakness in actually asking for some help. Because early intervention is the key. Mm. You're not going to make all the problems go away, but there's a lot of avenues of support out there that can help you through this. Um, It's that early intervention, but just the stigma. We really need, everybody has a part to play in breaking that, and we really need to drive that. Absolutely. And what if someone was to say to you, 
but I don't know where to reach out for help and I don't even know what to say. Yeah, look, that's, that's, a, that's a real good question. Um, knowing what to say is very hard because even for myself, you know, it took a lot of courage till I eventually went and sought some help and then I didn't know what to say. Mm. But it's just that whole courage of the GP is a very good first stop and it's just this is what's going on for me at the moment. And even if it, you find it hard to, to get the words, even write it down. Right. So before you go, you could understand what's been going on for yourself just lately and just write some stuff as it's going. And when you get the doctor, like, it's hard to talk about, but this is it. This, here's some stuff. Because the GP will always recommend professional help. You know, that's the first port of call to go and get that professional mm. help. Absolutely. Um, sometimes, well, I know that, that you know, we, we get probably get asked the same kind of questions in our day-to-day work that we do you know with, with your the employees at your organization and the employees that we work with um around confidentiality so can we talk about the importance of confidentiality in the workplace and particularly obviously from your experience in your workplace how far up the list is confidentiality with your employees it's number one if i don't have confidentiality if I don't have that trust I might as well just hang up my coat and go and find another job cannot cannot you know put that high enough that it's confidentiality now there are times you need to breach confidentiality um you know for safety reasons for for safety of life safety of others but unless and we'll be upfront with people as well we'll let them know but we're not going to be going sitting around sharing people's problems we're there to help people you know, we will only break that confidentiality for people who can help us, which would be professionals. Yeah. So like I say, without that, you might as well forget it. Yeah, good. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I just had to kind of put it out there because it is really important. Mm. Um, a lot of people um, are concerned that they're going to lose their jobs. If they talk about their mental health issues or personal issues with anybody, that the, um, that the outcome is going to be that they'll, they'll lose their job in some way. Um, how can we reassure people that that is not what employers such as yours um, want for their employees? How can we reassure people that that yeah that think, it's more important to speak up? I think it's that we need the conversations first. We need to build that trust, but we need to draw those similarities between the physical and the mental health side of it. If somebody comes in and they've got a you know a sore ankle or a sore wrist or something, they're quite happy to say, "Look, I've got a, a I'm fine to be at work today, but I've got a bit of a sore ankle." No different to mental health, but we don't talk about it, mm. and we need to treat them exactly the same. Nobody's going to get the sack because they've you know they've got a sore wrist or something. You're not going to get the sack if you've got some stuff going on in your life. You, you're struggling with some anxiety, whatever's going on. If we're open enough to say, look, I need a bit of support at the moment. I'm okay to be at work, mm. but I need some support. Then that's where we're going to break down that stigma because, yeah, at the moment, there are vast differences in where, the way we look at physical and mental, and we really need to draw those parallels. Love it. And so um, when it comes to support, um, again, sometimes people are concerned that they're going to be told what to do. So um, they, they find the courage to say, I'm struggling emotionally or this is going on for me um, and I need some support. But I don't know what that support looks like because I can't even think about imagining what support's going to look like because I'm so overwhelmed with mm. what's going on and I'm scared. Um, 
people are concerned that they're going to be told what to do and that they're going to be um, made to go and talk to a psychiatrist or take time off and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I can't imagine that would happen at all in your workplace. So what, would, what, is the, what actually happens with you and your guys when somebody does come forward? Oh, look, it's about giving people the options of what they're... I'm not taking control of anybody because I can't. The only person I can have control over is myself. I always use like an analogy of if, if you go in and someone's doing a jigsaw puzzle and you can see they're struggling, it's, you know, they're, they're challenged by it. Would they feel better if I said, look, is there anything I can do to support you? Is the lighting okay? Can, can I get you a drink? Can I get you a seat? Give them a few options of things that may help them rather than me coming in and saying, pushing them out the way and say, look, let me do that for you. So it, I use that analogy a lot. It's about providing people information not just one size fits all. I'm not in the business of advice at all. I'm in the business of information. And here's 10 different things, options that we could look into. I'm happy to assist with finding options for yourself. But here's a, you choose, you tell me what fits you best, you know, and that's all we're about is just providing people some information because yeah, when you're in that deep hole, it's very hard to see out and see what helps out there. We're fortunate in Australia that there's a lot of free help out mm. there, but it's understanding what it is, where it is, how to access it. And that's where I can help. I love it. That's brilliant. Okay. So from a, if I was a CEO of a, an organization and I was looking at implementing something in my business around supporting staff with their mental health or some kind of an initiative what sales pitch me what's in it for me james what's in it for you is you're going to have people turn up to work and actually being productive you know it's very hard to get sort of um, information and statistics on on the benefits of it because how do you measure some of these things if you if your use of eap goes up does that mean we've got more problems or does that mean more people are help, willing to seek help you know does it mean it's hard to sort of uh, gauge that but as a ceo it is a wise investment to invest in your people now you can look at a whole bunch of statistics online beyond blue have got in return on investment but it just makes good business sense to actually invest in people because having people there actually productive you know and you hear a lot of people with presenteeism yes they're here at work they're clocking in clocking out probably producing nothing so people who feel supported generally what i've found feel supported feel backed up by the business will want to give back to that business you know but when people are sort of i don't know treated harshly or, mm. or in that uncaring fashion mm. well then you just i'll just give you the bare minimum and that's all you're getting if you're lucky and i've been there myself you mm -hmm. know it's just the way it is so it makes complete business sense and you don't need to be spending a whole billion dollars on stuff as i said there's a lot of free stuff out there that you can tap into and just start some conversations as a good start which costs you not much yeah. but you'll get a good return yeah. excellent so what's where are you planning um on taking this initiative um in energy queensland say for the next year i know you're working on strategy but if you could just maybe share one or two things that you're thinking or you know if if there was no limitations i'd really want to do this or i'd really want to do that look a, a big thing that we really want to do is as i say we want to be world leaders 
you know, we want to look at how do we link in with other businesses to share ideas. And it's not about us just telling you what we're doing, mm. but let's let's work together. Every business out there at some point or another has human interaction. No matter what you do, it, there's humans involved. We haven't got some secret recipe that we're going to keep to ourselves. I just care about people. Mm. We care about people. So, you know, the, if there was something that, you know, all holds barred, to, you know, off the table, you can go for it. I'd just say, right, let's get some businesses together from small to large. Let's all look at what we're doing. What can we do? How can we help each other? And that's where you're going to get change. So for me, and I am working on some of that stuff, but, you know, time poor a lot of the time. So, yeah, yeah that's, that would be my biggest thing. Well, if there's anything that we can do from the Career Development Centre, we're in because I think that's an excellent idea. It's the only way to spread the word. You've got to get buy-in really, from other people. Absolutely, yeah. Now, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. keen for it. So now let's do it. Um, was there anything else that you were hoping that we'd talk about on this podcast that we haven't touched on yet or have I waffled on enough? No, no, you're going cool. Covered I mean, everything. it was just that hot, you know, for myself, I, I thank our CEO every time I see him for giving me a job for something I'm actually passionate about and, and the same with Aaron the response I get from him is um, I just got out of the way brilliant but to me for a CEO of a company of our size that mm. takes a whole lot of courage to put that trust into two individuals who have a passion you know and um, you know I thank him again so much but it's just yeah, it, it was a brave move, um, and, and I thank him again. Yeah, but you deserve it too. I mean, he's not—he's a, he's a smart man. You do, and there's eight thousand staff, isn't there? Yeah, I, well, around that. Around yeah, that. So, that's yeah. a lot of people and a lot of lives that can be affected positively by the work that you you guys are doing, and their families and the communities. I mean, it's just far-reaching. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and how do you how do you gauge that? You know, yeah. you, you help one person, they help ten people, and that's how we make a change yeah. in the world. You should be really proud of yourself, you and Aaron, the work that you've done. We, we, we're just blown away by it. We absolutely love it. If somebody wanted to find out more information, where would they go about, about the work that you're doing? If somebody wanted to look it up online, is there anywhere that, that they can go or is there any way that they could contact you if their business was keen? Um, yeah, look, uh, probably contact me via you. So if they yeah. contact the Career Development Centre and then you can sort of... Um, connect them up with yeah. me because um, I don't want to be inundated with phone calls and, and no, emails. That's but yeah, that, that would be it. So to get information, probably if they come through yourselves would be awesome. Great. Um, there's not too much online about my role specifically. There should be. <laughs> should be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we actually um, look on a side now. We, we walked away with um, Australian HR Institute um, Workplace Mental Health. We were finalists in their Workplace Mental Health category last year. Excellent. That award was based on the work that myself and Aaron have done in the last 12 months and the Mates and Energy program. So, you know, for the first 12 months, you get recognized as finalists in, a, in an Australian award. I think it's fantastic. So. It's amazing. And it, you should be shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah. You really should. It just it is. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's probably something we don't do enough of. No, you should so, do it more. So far, head down, yeah, bum up in yeah. the air. It's sometimes yeah. hard to to remember to actually you know celebrate those successes and maybe your ceo needs to think about getting you some more staff yeah. one of them should be marketing off the back of the work that you're doing yeah to promote. Well, who knows
I'd like to thank James very, very much for coming and doing this podcast. We love the work that you're doing. Seriously, we're in quite in awe of it. I mean, we'd love to be getting into organizations and doing something on the kind of scale that you are. Um, if there's anything that we can do from the Career Development Center to support you going forward, we absolutely will. And, you know, no, no going back. Um, so thanks again, James, and keep doing what you're doing. No worries. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.